Thank you all so much for being here. I am excited to see all of your faces. I have friends in town. I have ministers from Abilene in town. It has been a good weekend. It's kind of been a chaotic weekend, but it's been good. I'm so thankful y'all are here, especially with 4th of July being on Tuesday. A lot of people travel, and so whatever brings you here, I'm grateful that you're here. All right, so what's the deal with the bucket? What's the deal with the bricks? This bucket represents my life. It starts out pretty light. Starts out pretty easy. There's not much weight going on here. I can swing it around. I can carry it freely. It's not weighing me down. But as I go through life, I start to pick up things. The first major thing that I started to pick up in my life was school. It added just a little bit of weight. It was something that I had to take care of. It was a responsibility that was on my shoulders. It was something I had to go and do. But that's okay. I can handle school. As you can see, this bucket isn't weighing me down. I could probably hold it the entire sermon, and I would be all right. But the thing is, it didn't end with school. Then I had to get a job. And it was no, you know, big boy job. It wasn't an adult job, but it was a job all the same. It required my time. It required some effort from me. And it was good, and it was valuable, and I learned good things from it. But my life started to get just a little bit heavier. And I'm still okay, and I can still hold this weight, and I can still go around carrying this bucket. And I won't be weighed down. I'll, maybe a little bit, but I'll be fine. It's not going to stop me. Well, then I went and got myself a girlfriend. <laughs> and that's awesome. I love my girlfriend. But she takes time. And she takes effort. And it's good. And it's valuable. But it's just another thing I have to care for. And suddenly I have three things in my bucket... And it's not too heavy, but it is a little bit heavy. Well, that's kind of where I'm at right now, but that's not where I want to stop. I hope in the future to make that girlfriend a wife. And I hope to someday have kids. And then I'm going to be stuck with that big boy job that I was talking about. Man, suddenly my bucket is a lot heavier than it was before. And I can still handle it, right? Well, as you can see, I'm sure you can see the veins popping out of my arm. I'm not that strong. I can't handle it for that long. But I go through my life and I carry this bucket. And maybe I pick up some more bricks. Maybe I pick up an addiction. Maybe one of my parents gets sick or one of my parents dies. I can't carry this bucket anymore. But I'm still going to try. And I'm still going to run and I'm going to run. In fact, i got to switch to my other arm because I'm strong enough to carry the bucket. And I go through life and I live and I live and I live and I constantly have this weight that's bearing me down. 
And not all these things are bad. In fact, most of them are good, but they require my time. They require my effort. And they just weigh me down. I have amassed quite a burden. And eventually, a moment will come when I can't carry this burden anymore. Well, that is the question that we're going to wrestle with today. What do we do when our burden becomes too much for us to carry? Today, we're going to be looking at the story of a man in the Bible named Elijah. His story is found in 1 Kings. We will be landing in 1 Kings 19 primarily, but first I need to give you a little bit of context. Elijah was a man called to be a prophet of God. Now, if you think that sounds like a good calling, you are wrong. It's a valuable calling, but it is not a fun one. God comes to Elijah and he commands him to go to the king of Israel, a king named Ahab. This king is not a good man. No, he's been bewitched by a foreign wife, even before he wasn't good, but now he's really gone off his rocker. And he, he starts oppressing the prophets of Israel. In fact, he wipes most of them out. And he brings in these foreign prophets, and they start to worship a foreign god known as Baal. Well, Elijah goes to this evil king Ahab, and he has some bad words for him, some harsh words, and along with those words comes a three-year drought. Well, after he goes to Ahab and gives him his de declaration, Elijah is forced to flee. Not only is he forced to flee, he's forced to flee into the country that Ahab's wife came from. Elijah lives for three years in an intense drought, in an intense famine, behind enemy lines. Where no one knows him, no one cares about him, and no one loves him. And as he goes through that time, he works some pretty awesome miracles. And yet, everywhere he goes, people view him as trouble. When he shows up, people say, oh goodness, Elijah's here. There's no telling what's going to happen. But it ain't going to be good. And so he runs all over these places doing the will of God, doing the thing that he's been called to do, and yet it seems like nothing is working. It seems like all this work that he's doing is kind of worthless. Well, it all kind of amasses into this big showdown where Elijah challenges King Ahab to bring all of the prophets of Baal to this mountain where he would face off with them. He alone versus 400 prophets of Baal. Well, God reigns supreme and shows his supremacy on that mountain, and Elijah pretty much wins this challenge that he puts toward to Ahab. But after that, Ahab flees. And they, put, they kill all the prophets of Baal, and it maybe looks like there's a glimmer of hope. But then nothing really changes. The people still worship Baal. No one comes to Elijah's side and aids him. He's run ragged. He's been running and running and running for three years. And it seems like nothing he's done has made any difference. Well, that's where we find him in 1 Kings 19. 
And in 1 Kings 19, Elijah is going to have a physical breakdown. That's going to happen in verses 1 through 4. If you would, please read with me. 1 Kings 19, verse 1 says this. Ahab, the evil king, told Jezebel, his wife, all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life away, for I am no better than my father's. That phrase, it is enough now, man, that shows he's done. He's saying, I've done everything that you told me to do. I've honored all of your commands. I have been your prophet. I have done all the things you said I ought to do. And nothing has changed. I'm done. It's enough. I've had enough. So why don't you just take my life? Because everything that I have done has been just as worthless as everything that was done before me. He can't go on. He cannot physically go on any further. He has been living in a famine, living in a drought, in a foreign country. He's had very little care, very little food, very little water. I imagine very little rest, and he's finally run ragged. He can't go on. Well, God comes to him amidst this physical breakdown and gives him a little bit of physical relief. The physical relief occurs in 1 Kings 19, verses 5 through 8. This is what happens. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Elijah has been going and going and going. And the angel says it. This journey is too much for you. You can't handle this right now. So stop. Take a break. Take a nap. Eat a snack. It's crazy what that might do for you. And God comes to Elijah amidst, amongst, amongst this moment... He's been run completely ragged. He can't go on. He feels exhausted. And God simply provides for his needs. He gives him some food. He gives him some water. And he lets him rest. Sometimes, all we need, when we're dealing with an intense physical burden that we feel like we can't carry anymore, 
is to rest, to lay down, to sleep, to eat, to spend time with people who love us, to spend time with people who care about us. Sometimes all we need is a rest. But sometimes our burden runs a little deeper than just the physical. See, Elijah's burden, uh, it wasn't just a physical one. No, Elijah had an emotional burden. And it was a pretty heavy one. And with the emotional burden comes an emotional breakdown. This occurs in 1 Kings 19, verses 9 through 14, which says, There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek, to ta- they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mounts before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. I showed the people of Israel your power. I showed the people of Israel who you are, and yet they still want to kill me. I've done everything you've asked, and it's gotten me nowhere. This burden of being a prophet, the physical, but now the emotional, has become too heavy for Elijah to carry. And so... And God calls, God comes to him. And I imagine in the beginning, it's very powerful, maybe even accusatory. God comes to him and says, what are you doing here? This isn't where you belong. And yet Elijah goes out and sees the great power of the Lord, sees the might of the Lord that he's seen so many times. And it does nothing for him. So God comes to him and says, Elijah, come on, man. Why are you here? And Elijah can't go on anymore. He can't carry on anymore. He's been too weighed down. No one loves him. No one cares for him. No one sees him. No one understands him. He has been given a burden that is too strong for him to carry. And it's finally broken him. 
And yet in the midst of his emotional breakdown, in the midst of the emotional burden being too heavy for him to carry, God comes to him and provides him with emotional relief. The emotional relief occurs in, oh man, the emotional relief occurs in 1 Kings 19, 15 through 19. And it says this, And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be the king over, over Syria. And Jehu, son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Meheloha, you shall anoint to be the prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazel, Hazael shall, shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to bow, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there, and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. Amidst this emotional breakdown, God comes to Elijah and reassures him, but also kind of sets him straight. God comes to him and says, All right, it's clear that this is too much for you. It's clear this burden is too heavy for you. So let me give you some reassurance first. First of all, you are not the only one who has remained faithful to me. There are 7,000 other people in Israel. There is a remnant that shall remain. The people who have honored me, the people like you, I will take care of them. Because you can't. And second of all, God comes to him and he says, you're done. You've done what I asked you to do. You are in deep need of relief and therefore I will relieve you. And so... God finds a new prophet, the young man known as Elisha. Elijah walks by and it says that he casts his cloak upon him. And then in the ancient world, that symbolizes Elijah's position. He's essentially saying, this burden of prophecy is no longer mine to bear. I'm giving it to you. So the question for Elijah, for us to wrestle with, is what does Elijah do when his burden has become too much for him to carry? The answer, he gives it to someone else. He can't carry it anymore. He cannot carry this bucket. It is too heavy for him. He just can't go on. And so... He gets rid of it. Well, what does that mean that for us? Let's go back to our question. What do we do when our burden has become too much for us to carry? I want to invite my friend Cole Clark to come up on the stage with me. He's going to be helping me today. Cole will now represent Jesus. So from this moment forward, 
I knight thee, Jesus Christ. I come to Jesus, and I show him my burden. And I come to him, and I ask him this question, what do I do? Because this has become too much for me to carry. Well, as it's clear to see, Jesus has a bucket of his own. Because the thing is, Christ had burdens in his life, too. He lost his father at a pretty early age. He was homeless. He was downcast. And in his final moments, he was betrayed by his best friends. Well, it doesn't end there. He had to carry the weight of your sin. He had to carry the weight of your anxiety. Jesus has a bucket. And he has a burden too. But if you would look up here in the comparison between Cole Clark and me, you would see that he is a little bit stronger than I am. Well, that remains the case. So I say, okay, Jesus, you look pretty strong. So what do I do with this burden? And he says to me, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. I come to Jesus and I say, my burden is too much for me to carry. And you know what he says? He says, you're right. So, how do I find relief from my burden? I give it to someone else. Someone who's stronger than me. Someone who is strong enough to carry not only my burden, but his burden and your burden and everyone in here's burden. Cole can't do that, but Jesus can. We have one who is strong enough. And while you may not be, your burden isn't for you to carry anyway. Thank you, Cole. You're free to go. But the question remains, I can't just give everything up to Jesus. He's not here. Jesus can't take care of my kids. I would love for him to. Jesus can't do my job for me. I still have a life I have to live. I still have this burden weighing me down. So you're saying that I give it up, but the question is, how? Because someone has to carry this bucket. And Christ may, able to, may be able to carry my emotions, sure. Christ might be able to carry my sin, sure. But I still have to live my life. So how do I give it up? Well, Paul has a very straightforward answer for us. In Galatians 6.2. He says this. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. You give up your burden to Christ by giving it to his church. Jesus might not be able to babysit your kids. But there's someone in this church who can. 
Jesus not be, might not be physically here, but through all of us, he is represented. That is why he established the church. That is why we are called the body of Christ. Because when you want to come to Jesus, when you want to be relieved of your burden, when it feels like you have nowhere else to go, when it feels like you've been run ragged and your burden is too heavy for you to carry, you bring it to his church. And if it's physical, we can help you. And we can pray for you. And if it's emotional, we can listen to you. And we can pray for you. The church is Christ's body present in the world today. And the church is the means by which we can be relieved of our burden. And so, today, we're actually going to give this a practice. We've made a big deal about it our note cards, and this is why, because it's all culminating to this. In a moment, we are going to sing a song. And my encouragement to you is that we're actually going to get to practice giving up your burden to the church, to the ones who can carry it. While we sing this song, I want you to write whatever makes up your burden on your note card. It could be very physical things. It could be very emotional things. And no one has to know. And after service, I want to challenge you to put your card. You have to fold it up because no one has to know. To fold up your card and drop it in this bucket. I make a promise to you. This week, the staff... And the elders of this church will be praying over every burden in this bucket. Because that's why we're here. Christ may not be standing here, but Christ is present here. In all of you. And in the church. So today, don't be afraid to write down your burden. Don't be afraid to give up your burden. We're going to allow Christ to sing over us by singing over one another. So if you would, please bow with me, write down whatever your burden is, and join with me as we sing.
there is a church word for the process of giving up your burden for a specific period of time. That church word is Sabbath. Sabbath is the spiritual discipline of giving up our burden to Christ for a specific period of time. I challenge you to make sure there is a day this week in which you participate in Sabbath. Make sure there is a day this week in which you give up your burden by either bringing it to the church or bringing it to family or bringing it to someone. Because relief is found in rest. And rest is the purpose of the Sabbath. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to be done. We're going to stand and sing, and Chris is going to dismiss us. Will you all please pray with me? God, help us as we go into our week. Help us to release our burdens and give them to to the only one strong enough to carry them. Thank you for your church. Help us to live out your command to bear one another's burdens. And help us to honor you above all else. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.